0: The footy vibe is uh, definitely up and about in Geelong again.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 78 of a Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. In this episode, I had the distinct pleasure to sit down with Footy Umpire, public address announcer, and all-around good guy and cat supporter Max Blake. I we sat down to talk about the 2021 cat season and the expectations, and let's be honest, both of us are cat supporters. We have rather high expectations for the club this year. So before we dive into the episode, I would like to encourage uh, all of you who are listening to consider signing up for the mailing list for the podcast. I have a link for it in the show notes. I actually put a link out on Twitter yesterday as well for the mailing list if people wanted to sign up there. It's just two or three questions. Uh, it's asking who you are, your, and it'll click your email address, who you support, that sort of thing. And what I again, what I do with it is I get the uh, episodes out in the email before I do any work with uh, promoting it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or anything like that. So if you're interested in signing up, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to have you on the, on the list. It's going to, you know, certainly help the uh, the podcast grow in Australia as well as around the world. Also, ladies and gentlemen, I did want to mention again that I did open up my buy me a coffee page. If you're looking to help out the podcast, if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, any Donations that come in are going right back into the podcast to upgrade uh, software, to pay for hosting fees, things of that nature. Uh, getting a uh, podcast uh, homepage up and running, which I'm really anxious to do. Also, if you're if you're interested, the uh, the storefront page is open up uh, from Redbubble as well there, and uh, actually did sell my first shirt this uh, past week, and uh, I know where that's going, and I thank you so very much for picking that up. So. Sit back and enjoy my discussion with Max Blake, ladies and gentlemen. I think you'll enjoy it. We had a lot of fun talking cats, and uh, there's some pretty good trivia questions that show up at the end of the episode as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome somebody who I'm very excited to talk to. Uh somebody who supports the same club as I do. So we've got a lot of things in common. as far as that goes, we're I think we're both cautiously optimistic this year. I think and we'll find that out in a moment. But I'd like to welcome back to the to the show Max Blake. Uh Max, thanks for coming on, sir. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your morning to stop back by again.
0: No worries, Craig, looking forward to it. Always love talking about the Caters, mate. And it's uh it's got that smell in the air. I live in Geelong. I breathe it. Uh you know the blue and white hoops all the jumpers are out the scarves are hanging out of everyone's cars uh it's footy season and hopefully it's an uninterrupted footy season in 2021.
1: Oh, I hope so too I, it, the, the scarves People is that is that what people do do they generally like put the, the scarf up in the window like halfway out the window just let it flap in the breeze?
0: Yeah apparently what... it's illegal illegal to do that but I've never seen a cop uh, pull anyone over for it, but yeah, it's uh, okay. You see a few of the older generation do it. Um, it's almost always a, especially as a young young person heading up to Melbourne. Uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when you when the cats are playing at the G or at the Docklands, you see the cars all with the flags or the scarves hanging out the windows, and it was just a really good uh, feel. You know, you're off to the footy. Um, but yeah, around Geelong, you still see it um and yeah just as footy season does approach especially since the, the the girls have started playing i've seen it a bit more too so okay. um it's good the footy so, vibe is uh definitely up and about in geelong again
1: well that you know and i i've enjoyed watching the 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 women's club play but they're they are struggling right now but uh yeah they are yeah. they are and, yeah and-
0: it's been an interesting progress you know they made the um Preliminary final a couple of years ago in their first season. So it was a bit of a bizarre um, way that they did the finals things (laughs) in a traditional year. They wouldn't have made it, but they did really well. They had some good wins. We bet Collingwood in the first game. And then, yeah, it's sort of really gone downhill a little bit. I know the cats sort of they're targeting young players from the area. Uh Um, And the positive thing is the girls that they have targeted are from a winning culture from the Falcons. So I guess time will tell, Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do over the next off season. If they do target some key plays from other clubs, just to sort of bridge that gap a little bit from being down the bottom to being maybe in the middle of the middle of the table, because they've got to do something um, drastic a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah. And I did see that they released the, uh, the final three rounds just a little while ago. And I'm thinking maybe the, uh, the, the, the league offices might've thrown them a little bit of a bone because they did, they did put them on the schedule to play West coast and gold coast who are both also winless. So maybe somebody's yeah. going to get a win there. You know, they, they've, and yeah. I've mentioned this in, in the podcast, I, I've mentioned, you know, they, they have played pretty well defensively, but they struggled. They struggle to score goals. They struggle to get the ball in the forward 50. So it seems like they're always playing defense. That the, that the ball is always yeah. in the opponent's hands and it's just, they're just yeah, running out, they're running out of gas. Hard. And uh, yeah,
0: I just also think they're um, it's they're overcoached. It just seems to me that they're overcoached. They're, they're trying to play a a game style that uh, maybe a, a North Melbourne or a Collingwood who are, you know, up the top of the ladder could play uh-huh. where our skills are just not, You know, not right there at the moment. Um, but the the, I guess the positive thing is compared to other clubs is Geelong have recruited footballers from Mm -hmm. they've actually come through not only from the um the Falcons under 18s, but they've played at local levels and they've actually played footy for majority of their um teenagehood. So once I guess they become mature bodies, they probably will be a lot better, but it just seems like they're a little bit overcoached at the moment where they just go back to playing normal football, you know, play up the guts, don't worry about zoning off and playing, switching the play and all that. If they start just playing that sort of game style and they might end up just playing that against, you know, the lower clubs when they have to play against North Melbourne and, you know, whoever, we've played the Western Bulldogs and that, they've had to probably play a defensive role because they're such a better outfit than Geelong. So we might see them open up a bit better. It's always disappointing to lose to Richmond. It always is and it always hurts when we lose... To Richmond, after the last few years we've had against them, but um, yeah, that was a disappointing loss. But yeah, just got to keep just keep batting them and keep uh barracking for them. There's some good kids, and they've had a couple of big injuries. I know, right, Naomi, right. um, yep.
1: losing Olivia Nina Morrison. this Morrison, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and, yeah well, gee, yeah, that's a big loss, you know. And yeah. Nina Morrison, who's uh, was the number one pick a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, she looks like she's a gun, um, disappointing loss as well, too. Right, so, right. they haven't been favored by the injury stick,
1: no, they have not. So I want to get the uh, I want to get the glass half empty part out of the way here first. okay? Uh, And, you know, I I hate to bring this up, you know, because we're we're both supporting the same club. But uh, how are you going to know if this turns out to be an unsuccessful year? What what indicators are you going to see? And I've been asking this of everybody. So. You know, it's a uh, what? What? What are you going to see that's going to say you're going to make you go? Oh, guys, this is not working out.
0: That's a good question, Craig. Um, uh, where would you start? I guess the way the way that AFL works now is that um, it's definitely a marathon, not a not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a c- completely different um, landscape where probably. 10, 15 years ago, maybe even less, 2009 when Geelong um, won the flag against St Kilda, um, we lost to Hawthorne the previous year in the grand final. So that's, you know, I'm just going bases on our last grand final loss. Um, And there was like, you know, we should have won. We should have won that grand final against Hawthorne. So from the word get go in 2009, and that started off in the pre-season, we won the pre-season cup. We looked, you know, unbeatable during that tournament we won it and then from word go round 1 we were on and then right through the season and St Kilda were you know definitely the benchmarks throughout the home and away season but we were definitely on from word go we won 13 in a row um, and then yeah we won the premiership different landscape you go 12 years later um saturday night they play you know Essendon uh, i'm not sure when you're going to release this podcast we do play Essendon in the in the Amy series the one Practice mm-hmm. game, and you know, basing on the other practice game against Collingwood, we look pretty good. So, so far, so good. Um, where last year we lost to Gold Coast by 12 goals in our first practice game, yeah, yeah. up at the Gold Coast, and we were we played as pretty senior side, so it's sort of hard to judge on pre season. We do play Adelaide round one, which was you know the side that finished last last right, year, Right. So, I guess if we lose that, you would be going, Oh no. Oh, no. But I'm pretty pretty adamant that we will uh, we we can knock them off even yeah. if we play pretty poorly. And if you think about last so yeah yeah
1: you, know, you think about last year Adelaide played us tough last year. Of course they played a, they did they, yeah they played a lot of clubs very tough. I mean they they yeah yeah they got the wooden spoon, but they uh, you could argue that they and this isn't going to come up sounding right. They didn't necessarily earn it because they played hard. Yeah. Yeah you know, they they, they played like, better. That was yeah. the
0: turning point, wasn't it? Yeah, when they when they played against us, we mm-hmm. I think they came off a, a twelve twelve goal loss, which was always a pretty big margin into the landscape of last year. Right, right. Uh, and we everyone thought, oh, Geelong will win by hundred here, but you know they put up a huge challenge. It took us <laughs> right to the last quarter, didn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, to beat them, and they and they sort of turned their form around from there. But um, yeah, I, I still think though, like we're we're a much better list than them, and you know round well, one so. poses different, right. always bizarre results. I think. Five out of the uh nine sides that won in round one last year ended up did not make the finals. So but yeah I think the first five weeks will definitely sum up the year. Uh, we have to get off to a good start. long are never good off of um playing catch-up football. We potentially should be five and zip after the five rounds, but you know you can always pencil in maybe a shock loss. So four and one. If we're not three and two, I think there could be a bit of alarm bells. We need to start off well. So
1: on the, now that now that we've
0: poured now that we've filled the rest of the
1: glass up, and it's it's now half full. Uh, how how are you? You kind of answered this question already. If we get off to that four and one, five and zero start, is that the indicator that okay? I think this is going to be successful.
0: Yeah, definitely because Geelong needs. In recent history, shows Geelong loves resting players. Uh, you know, trying to conserve for the finals. Um, Chris Scott's a master at doing that. Just having that, you know, that one, that luxury of having to pull one down. And it's an old list, so you're going to have to do it. You're no. going to have to have weeks where Danger has a week off, Salwood has a week off. Um, you know, they did it really well in 2011 with a very old list too. People I like to go back to premiership years just to sort of, you know, to to have that mirror image of it. Um, and Chilong won the first 13 games that year, and they were able to each week manage a player. Um, and I feel like that's going to be a real big thing to have um, in our back pocket for this year, considering there's more minutes and it's a longer right. season right. where last year everything fell our way. It was a shorter season, shorter quarters mm-hmm. um, and it helps. We had an injured play just playing down forward. Um, and, you know, they did it really well during that, you know, it was like that four games where we played off five day breaks. It seems like we were a lot better on a shorter break than we do on a longer break, but Yeah, we need to start well. It's it's crucial, and the middle part of the year. If you look at the fixture, we've got you know St Kilda, Richmond, Collingwood. We've got a pretty tough middle part of the year. So you want to get past that in a pretty good stance too. Yeah, if you look at it,
1: I'm looking at it. You got you know you got uh, starting with round eight, Richmond, St Kilda, Gold Coast, which isn't going to be a slouch. Then then Collingwood, Port, Western, and back to Brisbane again. Yeah, so it's a pretty I mean, that's, tough that's, that's middle. A, that's and a I meat grinder end, right there.
0: Yeah, and then at the end, it's actually a pretty easy fixture. We've got a few games in Geelong. I think we actually play our last two or three just on yeah, my memory. Last three, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know, if we can get into a position where we, we're comfortably in the top four at that point, you know, Bob's your uncle. You can start resting players, and then you never know. It could actually add that um that depth policy where there could be a younger player, uh, a little star in the amongst the risers that could really push a, a final spot a bit like um what happened last year with you know um Brad Close uh-huh. at the back end of the year so and Sam Simpson you saw him sort of just come to the side as well too so yeah crucial um that Geelong start the season off well because in 2018 we we didn't we started off 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 the ball and we were sort of lingering we, have, we were pushing for that final spot and we got to that elimination final probably a better side but we probably threw all our cards on the table just to make the finals. And then yeah, we yeah. got smashed again. So yeah. plus we need the double chance. Cause we're no good first week of the finals. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's that's true. That's true. And I, and I, you know, and that's kind of one of the things I've, I've been working on my, my ladder that I'm, I'm thinking how it's going to shake out this year. And I, at this point in time, I, I don't have the cats at the top of the ladder. Cause I, I cause I, like you said, They're gonna rest players. I think they they have to, you Mm. know, they have to rest players. I think to get themselves you know, knock on wood. Everybody, you know, is healthy throughout the course of the season, but to help keep them fresh to play finals. I think you're exactly right that you know that Chris Scott's gonna say, okay, let's let's spin the wheel and what number comes up. You've got this week off, you're taking next week off, that sort of thing. You know, so we 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 may see a lot of these young kids that are on the list that that have been kind of locked in behind you know some of these players so this is this is where i think it would have been a marvelous time to and it it, this this is this ship is left but uh it'd be a marvelous time to have a a healthy nakaya cockatoo ready to plug Mm -hmm. into those spots in the midfield you know and i we're not mentioning his name no well we don't mention the
0: cockatoo he's (laughs) he's the
1: reason i became a cats fan Mm. He, he was he was the player yeah because again i didn't know who patty dangerfield was when i was started watching it i didn't know who i didn't know joel selwood was joel selwood i didn't know dusty martin was dusty martin that's what sort i of thing. But watching him he was just you know i was i was he just kind of jumped off the screen to me and he's he was kind of the, the the person that drew me to becoming a cat supporter so but yeah yeah we're he's persona non grata now in terms of the club but you know it's i wish him well I, I told the, yeah, the, 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 uh, the lion supporter that I talked to last night, I said, I hope he has 20 fantastic games this year. 20. Yeah. And, and two not bad 22, ones. Not 22. 20. <laughs> yeah. And he actually, yep. he actually said that they have that they have him playing halfback right now.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I, which is, it's, it's yeah. He's, he's got speed and he's a, he's a bull. He can tackle, yeah, think, he can mark. It, yeah. Uh, it's perfect spot for him.
1: Yeah. He's, he's going to kind of be like, you know, uh, You know Tom Atkins but leaving dents in the ground with with the players Mm. he's tackling he's a lot stronger yeah but uh, you know so enough about him we're not we're not here to talk about the (laughs) former cat players here so um, what do you think is going to be the the end of the season what do you think the headline in the newspaper is going to be about the cats. At the end of home and away season, at end, or, yeah, or, or at the home home and away, or end of finals, yeah. whatever whatever news whatever date yeah. the newspaper is that you want it to be. What do you think that headline reads? Too old, too slow, too good. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that is
0: that's again. That was a yeah. slogan that we used in two thousand eleven. Craig, okay. we're, okay. everyone told us we were an old list that year. You know, we end up having a fair few retire after that flag, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a you know everyone was saying oh we're too old, too slow, um, and then yeah we're just too good. Um, and I have that, I just have that feeling that it's it's hard coming off a grand final loss, but and the way that they've recruited, they've thrown all the cards on the table, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard not to buy in on it as well. And if you're a, a supporter of a sports club. And your club has gone, you know, we're all in. We're all in to win the premiership. You've right. got to jump on board. You can't, yeah. you can't yeah. be I know this there's, there's doomsdayers and all that. We've gone through all that last year, you know, with the world, but you've got to, you've got to just jump on board and, and live with it. And if we get disappointed and heartbroken, and that's the part about being a sports uh, sports lover and a sports supporter, but you just gotta be generally excited. And you know, the first 30 seconds last Friday. Dangerfield went inside the Ford 50. Jeremy Cameron takes the mark, kicks mm-hmm. the goal. That doesn't get you up and about. I don't right, know why Right, we'll...
1: right. So, <laughs> so
0: you just got to, you just got to be up and about for it. You know, you live the journey. It, it, you know, we've got six months of it. See what happens.
1: Yeah. So, so what new, what new player, this doesn't necessarily mean one of the, the, the three big recruits here, but what, what new player are you most excited to see out there this year?
0: I reckon, and I've been, you know, talking a lot with my friends and AFL friends about it, is Sean Higgins. I think he's going to have a bigger impact than Jeremy Cameron will. I think Jeremy Cameron, I think you just see him coming in, kicking 30, 40 goals, definitely been a, um, you know, a right man with Tom Hawkins. But I reckon Sean Higgins will just have that burst season in the midfield for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I did put a bit of a post up. Bit of a PI double S about it, but I just thought maybe as a Brownlow Smokey, um, yeah, just potentially, but then you sort of look at it and you go, Well, Selwood, Dangerfield, Duncan, Guthrie, they're all going to take votes of each other. We're never going to get right, a Brownlow right. medalist out of this club, but he has that, um, that burst just one year in the midfield and then he can go down playing that forward role, um, next season. But yeah, he's got it, he looked good last week. He's had a pretty good pre-season. I've always been a big believer in him. He's was superb, superb when he crossed from the Western Bulldogs to North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He can kick goals on the run. So this new man on the mark rule would definitely suit him. Um, he can kick goals outside the 50 as well too. Uh, he's a tackler, tackler. I'm really excited about him. But if you're talking about a young player too, um, I've also got big raps on Cooper Stevens as well. He's got a lot of um, Joel Corey, Nat Fife. Traits about him mm-hmm. didn't get a didn't get a look at last year. He was emergency, I think, five or six times. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I'm hoping that the uh, the season without the VFL didn't linger his development because he did miss his whole 18 um, year old year with a broken leg. But um, he looks like he's ready to go, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays round one if Mitch Duncan doesn't get up for that game. But I'm looking forward to seeing him, hopefully, potentially play. Against Essendon in the um, Amy game as well, yeah, so yeah. he's one I reckon I'd keep an eye on.
1: Well, it's it's interesting you you ran through the the list of midfielders, and I think the one that, that potentially could become the best of the bunch you didn't mess you didn't mention that that might be Brandon Parfit, who might just be yeah, the one that you yeah. know, who might just be the one that you know begins to outshine some of the older guys in the midfield here pretty soon. You know, yeah, because he yeah, he's he's had right. some great moments, and uh, and you know, if I'm not mistaken, that was who. Wasn't it he and he or Radagalia is who GWS wanted back for Jeremy Cameron?
0: Yeah, no, not that's mistaken. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's, and- he's, he's a bit of a enigma, Parfit. I've always found him. Um, I, I'm. I totally agree with you. He could be that one that goes that next level, and you feel like yet yeah, we need him to. But there's some times where like he, he can break <laughs> angles and you know just ducks and weaves and gets out of traffic and then he kicks the ball. Directly straight to an opposition player. So if he works, if he works on that fine art, um, he's going to be uh, a, a, an all-Australian player. He's had time in the forward line. He can kick goals. He's had time in the midfield. Hopefully, this is the year it all comes together. And unfortunately, you know, he broke that thumb in the grand final. So right, he, right. Well, he we, didn't have a large impact in that in that game that he probably would have. He had a lot of broken bones in that game, unfortunately. Mm.
1: And it's you know I let me run this by you because I, I, uh, I I mentioned this uh, to a couple of other folks as well. And tell me if I'm crazy here. And uh, this would be, you know, somebody besides my wife tell me that for a change. Uh, But, um, you know, having, you know, Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron on the ground at the same time is going to be something that's going to look very much like what, richmond has done for the last couple of years with tom lynch and jack rewalt and what i think brisbane is going to try to do with joe danaher and eric hipwood so i think you know you've got you know brisbane and geelong are both looking for their version of dusty martin to come clean up all of the 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 junk that's on the ground in front of the goal and i i i maybe i'm wrong on this I think just with the the style, the way he plays the game and the way he kicks the ball, I think Grime Myers is going to have a monster year this year. I I just think, yeah, you know, that he's the kind of guy that's going to stick his nose in the way he kicks the ball at angles and doesn't have to kick it straight on all the time. I think he's, you know, I, I'm not saying he's Dusty Martin. I'm never going to say that. But I think he could be our version of that, or at least some percentage of that. And that would, that would be bode really well
0: for us. No, I totally agree Um, (laughs) how good it would be if he did become a Dustin Martin. That's your headline there, mate. Yeah. grind Myers to be the next Dustin Martin. Um, Yeah, like he's got that potential. He's really good um, on ground. um, And, yeah, he snaps those goals really well too. He's one of those players that, yeah, again, um, I was surprised in his best and fairest form. I think he came – he was in the top 10. um, And I thought he just had that year where there was really good moments and then Mm -hmm. he – Totally had some really shocking games, and there was a point where I thought, Well, he needs to be dropped, but the coaches continued to play him. And, um, yeah, he needs to, he's been one of those, he had a brilliant first year, up and down second year. Yeah, I think he, I think potentially, I think you're right, he could really feed off um, the big boys in Hawkins and Cameron. Um, hopefully, though, we won't need to, Cameron and Hawkins clunks those marks, but
1: well, that's you know, true, too
0: yeah the likelihood the defensive way the game is played the ball's going to come to ground so yeah if he can swoop on those goals um and really become one of those dangerous players like a Charlie Cameron is to yeah. um to the Brisbane Lions uh, and potentially what you know um Richmond have about 50 players like that yeah. um yeah it would be it'd be really really huge for his career too but yeah i also see him like they see him, play him up the ground a bit too but he's he's he's, he's like most dangerous around goals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Richmond seems to have all 50 of those players on the ground at the same
0: time somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know yeah. how that works and out. And then they've they're... got another one. They've got yeah. Morris Frioli who uh, I watched his clips highlights from just a practice game the other day in the reserves and oh boy, scary. He's yeah. going to be uh, a, a bit of a smoky again for a rising star. If he can get into the side, because yeah. he's uh, his highlight packages was pretty good. is
1: he, is he a, a a leaper? Is he somebody that's got you know the the huge vertical like Liam Ryan, or is he just kind of quick getting the ball off the ground? That just sort quick. of quick. Okay. You know okay. what
0: he you know what he reminds me of because he is a junior and he's got the same name of his granddad. He reminds me of Gary Ablett Junior. Okay. So just watch his space. I feel like Morris Briola Junior. could potentially he'll start off that crumbing full forward pocket player that Gary mm-hmm. Ablett Junior. did. Probably play short minutes, but then could potentially his p- potential could be absolutely huge. So there you go. I went with a big call like you did, mate.
1: Yeah, that's I I I think I think you're right. And it's uh that doesn't make me feel any better about, you know, getting past <laughs> Richmond this year, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> well, I don't I don't short term maybe like he, he won't be huge, but yeah, long term that's I true. think that's he's true. gonna have huge that's potential. True. Yes next
1: year he's going to be terrific yeah yeah five years from now that'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, that's for future yeah future players, um, yeah i have to, i've been asking this question as well because I, and i some of the people haven't actually had you know the answer that i thought maybe they would have because maybe they don't even do this but when you when you go to a game what's your what's your go-to have to have this to eat when you're at the the grounds i mean i've i've heard meat pies quite a bit but is there (laughs) are there other things that you know i because i've never been to a game before so that's i'm just kind of curious uh
0: depends on the weather um there's some really cold nights in geelong okay that you uh you buy basically any hot food you can give and you just put it in in between your legs (laughs) or in your pockets just to warm yourself up because um yeah, cold, uh, Geelong is a very, very – especially on a Saturday night, after being at a local footy game all day, you are pretty cold. Okay. Um, hot jam donuts, right? That's definitely on a, on a night game, maybe about half time just to warm the body up. Um, okay. You get that real hit of uh, hot uh, jam comes down your, your throat just to warm the belly and, you know, everything up. They're, they're the go-to. Um, but a bucket of hot chips, mate, You can't go past that. But, okay. yeah, meat pies are definitely a favour or a, or a vegetarian pasty in my books because I am a vegetarian. So, okay. um, But, yeah, hot chips, uh, definitely definitely the go-to, mate. And a nice beer. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Uh, it could be minus uh, – well, it doesn't get minus here. It's long, but it feels like it. But <laughs> you definitely have to have a frothy before uh, before a game. It just, just calms the nerves a little bit too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I actually switched over the, uh, the the temperature gauge in my car to to Celsius, and uh, and I, I know it's been colder than this this winter. But uh, Monday when I went to work, it was minus seven. So, oh uh,
0: yeah, no, nah, we don't get that cold, but it yeah. does get cold here in Geelong. Yeah, it's
1: uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty, and yeah, we've had we've had several days below zero Fahrenheit this year as well. But uh, yeah, um, this winter time. But who are you uh, looking at as the Cat's best
0: and fairest this year. Another good one. Um, well, if we have a successful year uh, again, uh, and the way that they do their uh, best and fairest uh, voting, so it's not, it's a bizarre one that they do. But I reckon if Mark Blitzarves wins our best and fairest, I think we're we're sitting pretty pretty good because hopefully, fingers crossed. No, you know coaching sort of you know genius by Chris Scott and playing him on the wing or at full 40. <laughs> he plays the whole year at full back and takes the best defender so I, I saw Channel 7 did a uh, 7 AFL did a post yesterday about who who's a player that hasn't made the All-Australian that will make the All-Australian this year and I said Mark Blitzars, mm-hmm. and yeah if he makes it um and wins our best and fairest I think we're sitting pretty um if a Cam Guthrie or a Sam Managola, no disregard to those players because they they're brilliant players. They finish off winning the best and Ferris. I feel like we might not be at the area that we want to be. I just okay. feel like feel like Blitzarves has a big year, wins their best and Ferris makes the and makes all Australian. He's stopped potentially the Joe Danahers and the Tom Lynchers that we need to stop. Right, right. Um, in the season, and you know it's not just them. You know, there's there's a lot of sides now that actually have those. Dual full forwards, um, and we've lost Harry Taylor, so that makes Witzars mm-hmm. position almost, you know, certain that he plays that role majority of the year, and so crucial, and that's where his best trade is, and he's won a best and fairest from there. Um, and you know, I don't want to look back in time, but if he stayed down in that position in 2019, I still think we would have beaten Richmond on that. That two thousand and nineteen prelim, we, we wouldn't have Tom Lynch running a mark on us, well, and kicking uh, yep. five
1: goals, and and if Tom Hawkins had kept his elbows to himself as well,
0: yeah, so. but yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we but we were playing so well without him, and I right, know right. it would have been better with him in it. Yeah, and yeah. you know if you if you get if you want to go down that path, if Chris Scott played Reece Stanley against Collingwood in that in that qualifying final when he thought it was going to rain, mm-hmm. um, we would have knocked them off. Right, so right. it's just it's yeah. just one of those scenarios. But it's hard yeah. to not go back and look back. I even look back at Nick Davis' night in two thousand and five. I don't know if you're yeah. aware of that, but that one uh, still gives me nightmares. Where he kicked four in the last quarter. Yeah, we
1: we yeah. Ha- we we. I, I don't I don't know if this saying has has uh, has uh, been picked up in Australia, but you know, we have a saying here: if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, it's, it's funny, though, like how we uh, as sports lovers, we, we forget what we did in the morning, but we, we can remember what happened in 1987 or 1989 when right, you know, we right, lost yeah, that grand true, yeah. final or when a certain side broke our heart, you know, uh, 2005 yeah. for Nick Davis. You know, we, we we win all these flags, but we still remember the things that happened, you know, in the 90s when Lee Colbert potentially took that mark against adelaide and it didn't get paid you know we're still filthy on the umpires over at football park for that night (laughs) we can't forgive we can't forget but you know as i said i don't know where my car keys are at the moment so
1: (laughs) so and that's funny you mentioned that because one of the teachers that i work with left their their school id and their keys and the the little uh card that they need to run the copy machines at the school they left it behind twice today i returned it to them twice. <laughs> funny you mentioned that so who do you see i'm gonna ask you this first who do you see taking the wooden spoon this
0: year north melbourne worst list in it okay i uh, know okay. about it yeah um uh, yeah they don't have any home home ground advantages like a west coast or a um a Fremantle or an Adelaide have. I just feel like when they play at Marvel against another Victorian side, it's pretty much, you know, a neutral base. Um, you know, they get that um, a little bit of home ground advantage against uh, sides in Bel- in Tasmania, but they play, I think they actually play us down there. So um, it's not going to be a huge benefit. And I just think they're in a in a patch where they got rid of 13, 14 players, uh, some potentially good ones. Um Yeah, I think they're the worst list Uh, and it's no going around it. I think it's, they're an easy target to finish last. No,
1: you are not the first person to mention that when I've asked that (laughs) question. Okay. Uh, You know, I've had a couple of other clubs that have been tossed about, but they've ultimately settled on, on, uh, on North with that one. Now, who do you see uh, in the top four this year? Not necessarily one to four, but who do you see making the four, that double chance?
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely have locks Geelong, Richmond, Brisbane Lions. I, I actually think Brisbane Lions are going to be the, the big the big players this year. I think they're just ready to go. Adding Joe Danaher if he's fit, oof, they're going to be good. Uh, and that other and guy Richmond we're not going to mention. Yeah, not going to mention him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they're ready to go. Hard to see Richmond going out because, well, you know they haven't lost anyone. They've gained players. Yeah. They're going to be good and Geelong because they're my side and they're ready to go again. Um, and then, yeah, it just opens up the door on who else. I, I've done the ladder prediction. You can go on the, um, Squiggle, just mm-hmm. Google AFL yes. Squiggle Ladder and do the whole season. Yep. I've done it about 50 times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep coming back with Western Bulldogs in the top four. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think they're ready to go. Um, they've got a pretty good midfield. They've got about the whole list as a midfield side. but Yeah. They've got a, they again, potentially a really good forward line. Aaron Norton's a player that uh, he's only 22 and he's been unbelievable. So, and apparently the word is I just heard recently that he's actually done his first preseason. So he's shown us all this potential without having a preseason. And now he's had one. So you wow. feel like he could go to another level. And he's one of those players that can play really well in the forward line. But also, I feel like he could be. An unbelievable centre half back as well, too. So right, right. Um, when Jamal Hugel Hagen, their number one pick, um sort of comes on the scene. I have this feeling Norton will go down defense. But yeah, they're one. Um, but I've got the Saints as well that could potentially be in that that bracket. And as a bit of a smoky, um, Carlton as well. I think okay. they're gonna jump, jump right up the ladder. They've got a really easy fixture. And they they're just coming, they're ready to go. If they don't come, I feel like the Lygon Street and Carlton—they're gonna—they're gonna burn it down if they don't make the finals this year. I don't <laughs> know what they're gonna do.
1: Yeah, I, I had the guy. I had, and I haven't put my my list my list out there yet, but I I had one club at the end of last year that hasn't been mentioned yet that I said I thought was gonna play finals next year. So I, when I started making my list, I put them in the eighth spot and then built up from eight and down from eight from them, and I'm. I'm now maybe not so sure that they're going to be there, but I, I said last year I was going to put them there, so I'm going to keep them there, and they're going to have to hopefully prove me right. So, And I, I guess I can imagine that I, I had Fremantle in that spot. I had Frio yeah. in the eighth spot, and I, and then I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, did they did they add enough to help them score more points? Because they were a great they, defensive side, but they, they just yeah. did not score the ball very well.
0: I totally agree, mate. I think they're the big smoky this year. I've got them finishing seventh. Okay. I've got them actually leapfrog in West Coast. I haven't got West Coast making the eighth this year. Wow. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the year that it all turns um, between the two WA sides. I, I reckon I've got Nat Five winning the Brownlow. I really reckon okay. he's if if they go well, he goes well. He's you know, there's not going to be a play that's going to steal votes off him, and um, he'll kick goals and you know. I just think they're right. I think the way that they played the back half of last year, and again, it sort of turned on that night that we played, and we, I know we only kicked them to a couple of goals, but um, that Caleb Shalong really burst on the scene that night, um, and they played really well in the wet. They just didn't have that those mature bodies that night to sort of go with us, but after that, they, they started playing some really good footy, yeah. and I'm a genuine believer in uh, Longmuir as a coach. I think he's... Really good, and I just, yeah, I just the home ground advantage in Perth. I just reckon they're ready to go. Um, yeah, it, it could it could be bust, but yeah, I'm really excited yeah. for them. I, they're playing attacking footy, they played this defensive nonsense for years when they had such an attacking group of players. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I just reckon that might be the year. That's my big call, too, is that and- uh, the two WA sides just switch and West Coast
1: it's been fun watching their the women's club from free yeah, as well yeah, they yeah. they they play the game on you know uh, granted they lost last week but they they've played the game unlike i think anybody else out there this year you know when, and i because hmm. i heard somebody mention a, a stat and i have i'd have to go back and look at it but like two weeks ago their overall for like the first four rounds of the season their their kick to handball ratio was two and a half to one
0: oh that's insane yeah yeah
1: it was it was crazy and and you go back and you watch the game again and they're never handballing they're they're Mm. they're launching the ball towards the forward 50 and it's it's like it's like you know a a basketball player you know throwing up three point shots some of them are going to go in some (laughs) of them aren't they get it back again they launch it back towards the forward 50 and and
0: maybe this time it works old school footy right that's how how footy was played in the 80s and the 90s and under Malcolm Blight, when he coached the Cats and he won those flags mm-hmm. at Adelaide, that's what he said: "Was you just kick it, kick it as long as you want towards the to 50 because that's the closest you're going to get to the goals, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that was his
0: philosophy. It was an easy coaching tactic. Um, you can't score points yeah. if
1: you don't get close to the goals. That that is yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple before we wrap up here. I had a couple trivia questions that I wanted to ask you. All right, okay, let's I want." I wanted to toss these out here and, uh, you know, we'll see how you do on these. Uh, first one who has played the most games in the hoops. Corey and you There you go. Yep. 332 <laughs> games. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Who has Geelong defeated more than any other
0: club? Oh, that's a good one. Um, You've counted the VFL era too, haven't you? Uh I went back to as far but it, yeah. Yeah, the,
1: the, yeah, the number is over a hundred, let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: Mm. I'm gonna say St. Gilda. Melbourne. 132, 132 oh, okay. times. 132 yeah, we've times. Played them 150 years, so 150 plus years, that makes sense. Yeah. And and we've had well, we had a good run against them, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the, the last 20 years.
1: Exactly. The flip side. <laughs> Who's beating the cats the most?
0: I'm going to say either Essendon or Collingwood. It's Collingwood, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I remember as a kid because I you get the footy record and it has your wins, loss against them. Uh-huh. And uh, I had one of my best mates uh, from school, Barry for Essendon, and I think Essendon were plus thirty against us when we were kids. And I think I feel like we've got the margin a little bit better. Uh, I don't think we've leapfrogged them yet, but it was—I uh, was, think that was one of the worst ones. Yeah, yeah. they were definitely over a hundred wins against us um, when I was a kid. But I've, I feel like we've barely lose to Eston anymore. So, been a good era.
1: Okay, now this is this is a little bizarre. Who wrote the lyrics
0: for "We Are Geelong"? Oh. At the top of my tongue but I don't know. I I remember reading this as a thing just the other day. Would you like the initials? I still probably wouldn't uh wouldn't know.
1: Okay, JW, J-W, I read
0: J-W just in case. John Williams? John Watts. John Watts. I I have a little kids kids book that I read my um my one-year-old. It's a book that was made in the 90s. It was just after the 94 grand final okay. loss and it has the song in the background in the, okay. at the end and it actually has who wrote it <laughs> should have remembered that one i should have remembered that one i bet you i bet you read that now at
1: bedtime now yeah. <laughs> and guess who yeah. wrote this <laughs> after after gary ablett senior who's kicked the most goals for geelong
0: oh i'd be Uh, it won't be Billy Brownless anymore. It's, it's either Doug Wade or Tom Hawkins. Doug Wade. Yes. yeah, Yes. What's, what's he on? What's Doug Wade's kicked? 800, is, 834.
1: Oh, okay. And Hawkins, Hawkins just Hawkins, over 600. Yeah. yes, me. He's got a ways to go. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, that trip just got longer with, with his new yeah. buddy, his <laughs> new <game> buddy <laughs> hanging <laughs> out next to him there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, how many, how many Brownlow medalists have the cats had? Oh,
0: ah, uh, there's the first one, Kaji Greaves. Uh, yes, 1924. Yeah, yeah. There's uh the Lord brother that technically Alistair shouldn't have Lord. won it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's another He's, story I'll have to learn about. Well,
0: he, he had a twin brother, and apparently his twin brother. Um, the rumor is that uh, Alistair got got reported, but his twin brother took the report because it was a because they're both a lords, I think. Um, and wow. the brother took the suspension, and Alistair won the brown lay. Did they? Did they not have? Did they no, not I, have that, numbers on the guernseys at that time? I, I, I well, I think they did, but I think the umpire just wrote, "A hey, Lord." That's the that's oh. the I guess the legency of the, okay. the story, okay. and it, it has a bit of mayo that keeps growing on it. But um, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it okay. took the, took the two weeks, and uh, so his brother can win the brown lay. Uh, we have Couchy. Paul Couch, mm-hmm. um, Bartel, Gary Ablett, yep. Patrick Dangerfield, and there's one other one. There is one other one.
1: 1951.
0: Oh, I can't remember it. I can't. It got me stumped that one, Craig. Bernie Smith. That's. Uh, yep. Well, Come on, mate, it's going to really. Uh, I will tell you, I get stuck into me about
1: that. One. I have been. I. I I'm going to. I've been so impressed with uh, the. The. Uh, the knowledge that people have you know, about their clubs and it's yeah you know, it's stuff that i you know i don't know i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to work backwards you know and and learn things as we go forward as we go forward here now this is this has been uh and this is in no way saying this is happening this year at all but what what's geelong's longest winning streak how many games a row did they win in their longest winning streak it was 1952 and 53
0: yeah, and they were on track doing it in two thousand and seven. See, so weren't they? Ah, uh, it was twenty. So, I want to say I'm stuck on two numbers and the two completely different ones. Either twenty three or twenty seven is in my head for some 23. reason. Twenty three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I have. A, I have. I keep thinking because I've the the league that I broadcast. that the team is twenty seven wins in a row. Is their okay. record? Okay. Um, so that's why I had 27, 23 in my head. Okay. We were on track. We won 16 in 2007 in a row. Um. And we all thought we might break it, but yeah, it didn't happen. We had that <laughs> little famous loss against Port Adelaide, but then, yeah. yeah, one loss and then we went on to win the flag. That was a good year.
1: <laughs> okay. I've got a couple more, but I don't know if you want to dive into these while we're here. You, you good, to,
0: good to go? <laughs> Let's go. Tra- Let's go. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, who did Joel Selwood overtake to become the club's leader in disposals?
0: Oh. I don't know when they started counting these. Uh, I'm gonna say either Gary Ablett or maybe Gary Hawking. Ian Nankervis. Oh, Nancurvis. The man that was gonna present the bloody cup to us. Now is is he related? Was it Toby Nankervis? Is he related to Toby? Uh, Ah no, no. Okay. I will. Don't know. Are you maybe long, 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 okay. long distance? But okay. I, don't think so. I don't think
1: so. I'm not going to ask that one because that's kind of that's kind of a negative a, a negative question. Um, it's it's like looking at something that didn't go well. And I already did that with who's beaten us the most. And so I'm not going to even ask <laughs> the last question here. And this one, if you don't, if you're not involved with this, it may not be something you can you can answer here. Who are the cat's top three scores? in total points in Supercoach last year?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I didn't I didn't personally play it last year. Um, I'm going to say uh, Hawkins would have been up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was number three. Yeah. Because so I did my side this year. I'm trying to think he's actually on the top of the list. Uh, I don't know if Dangerfield was up there last year. He was number one. Oh, really? It's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, and I'm going to probably put down then Menegola. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: got all three of them.
0: Dangerfield's a surprise because he yeah. had such a funny year, didn't he? But I yeah. guess contested marking and he gets a lot of ball use. Yep. But he's not good on the disposals, and disposal is one of the key points in SuperCoach, so. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I, I thought Hawkins had a rip year, So that was a no brainer.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. And I I think he's going to have a good year again this year. But uh uh yeah, we'll see uh how good of a year he has because he's gonna have some competition up there, which I think is a is a good thing. So it's a good I, thing, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned this to you before we, we signed on here, and I and I'm kind of asking this, you know, in you know, humor. We we talked about how they've kind of pushed all their uh their chips on the table right now. So And and for those of you listening, I did ask this before and I'll just put it out there again. I said, who's your favorite poker player and why is his name Stephen Wells? (laughs)
0: uh,
1: It's
0: a good call. Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's an incredible uh, list manager. It's amazing though. um, People don't speak about how Geelong have adapted about um, the current landscape. So uh, when Bomber Thompson came as a coach, Basically, the whole Geelong philosophy with Stephen Wells was to go to the draft and find these gems. Mm-hmm. And he found some bloody good gems. I'm talking Corey Enright at the back end of a draft. Cameron Ling, mm-hmm. you know, these sort of players. Um we traded well, well, Mark, Mark some good players. You know, yeah, and Mark I, I, Litzes, I wasn't. Yeah.
1: I wasn't following the game then, but from what I understand, he was a steeplechaser, was he not? Yeah, you know, he, he yeah. You know, this yeah. wasn't a game that he was involved in.
0: Yeah, but like they jumps. Because, you know, they were all about the draft. We built Mm -hmm. a premiership side around the draft. You know, you look at the 07 premiership and, you know, Ottens came from Richmond and Mooney, you know, played a year at North Melbourne and Harley played one game at Port Adelaide. But pretty much the whole group was based off the draft. But now since remaining at the top and, um, you know, Gold Coast and GWS getting all these draft concessions, Right, you right. know, everyone was at that point going, Geelong are going to go straight to the bottom because they're not going to get good kids. But we've got a great VFL program. So not only Mark Blitzars, but Tom Stewart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's unbelievable. It he was a mature age recruit. And in two years, he was an All-Australian. That yeah. doesn't happen. Um, they, Yeah, and he's had to go out. Got You know, free oh. agencies definitely helped Geelong. But, you know, um, fill, Ke- fill in their Tim needs. Kelly. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. you I mean, know you', granted, you only him. had him for a couple of years but you know yet, yeah it, he was underneath it, oh, you know,
0: West yeah West Coast and
1: Frio's nose for years
0: and yes. they didn't pay attention to him. He was brilliant best two years a service you could ever have yeah, but also what he was was he was a an investment loan mm-hmm. because when he was playing at Geelong he just gained that currency and yeah. then Geelong held on to him for another year. We traded away and, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we potentially got Jeremy Cameron for it and hopefully right, that's right. going to be a big thing. So, yeah, he's uh, he's had a couple of shockers as well. If you look back, maybe some draft picks early, but you sort of take that it's hard. The, going to the draft is always hard where you can get an established player that's played 150 games maybe in the latter stage of his career. You know what you get from him where, you know, we've had a Darcy Lang, we've had Jackson Thurlow, these sort of players that, you know, haven't worked out, know all our top picks, Darcy Fogarty as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we could have had, you know, these players play, you know, 100, 200 games, but it doesn't work out like that sometimes in the drafts. And, um, but yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, he's a genius. That's what it is. And we have that hashtag in Wells, we trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right. (laughs) One last thing, one last thing before, if you've got a couple of minutes yet uh you know we were talking before we we started out here about the uh the man on the mark rule and you working with uh you know younger clubs and you know the the younger ages and how is that going at the younger ages right now
0: yeah well so yeah i with local footy i commentate local footy and on the same day i'd apply the kids and uh, i just had to go through the um the YouTube video that went for a long time about uh, the rule amendments, the man in and the mark, uh, and I got a headache afterwards, Craig. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Um, sometimes I do think that the local leagues and the AFL are two completely different games, um, and we, we don't necessarily need these rules to come down in local leagues. I'm all for maybe, um, you know, the Geelong, like the, TA, the NAB leagues and all that, where the kids are going to – it's a pathway to the AFL. Mm-hmm like in district football, you know, these kids are potentially not going to – we like Spirigaro has a lot of players from playing in the AFL now. But, yeah, the majority is – there's no there's no scoring issues. It's not overcoached. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. And last night I went to a local footy game. Uh, it was a practice game between one of my sides that I cover and another league's side. Um, and there was five paid in the first quarter of this – Man in on the mark. And one instance, the player actually went, took a step back to sneeze. And, you know, we're in this era where um, germs are definitely a a, a phobia of a lot of people. Exactly. We get, I don't know what it's like in America, but we get told to sneeze in between our arms. In your elbows. Elbows, yeah. yeah. But then we also have to high five with our elbows. So it's a bit of a different, strange one. But yeah, he did that and he turned around to do it. And the umpire didn't actually see him do it, but he just saw him turn back to the man on the mark Uh and he paid the 50 metre penalty. Uh, And the player didn't complain. This is, this is a player from my league and he's actually Mm -hmm. a really good bloke. So he wouldn't, wouldn't have cracked it, but I spoke to him, um, you know, uh, in the huddle afterwards. And yeah, he just went, what the hell was that all about? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, if you're getting pinned for that, but, the other thing is the umpire has to watch the player with the footy, not go off the line. So that's right, what he right, was doing. Right. So once he starts his kick, he noticed that the player on the market just turned back from his sneeze. Yeah, And it's 50-meter penalty. So that's the rule. You've got to stay yeah. like a statue. We see him sometimes when you go to the shopping malls, those guys dressed up as yes, a statue. Yes. Maybe AFL clubs need to hire these guys to be standing on the mark. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that could be a new... New draft policies. We have got to get at least one of these guys to stand on the mark. Well, maybe maybe one of the uh,
1: maybe one of the trainers that's out on the field. You know that
0: you know yeah. they, could, they
1: could allow they could allow the runners to come back on the field and they could they could yeah. do that. You know the runner could <laughs> yeah. be the man on the mark. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know? It's a yeah. It might it might be the greatest thing for the game. I th- I think like the first game that we saw in the preseason, there was so many goals kicked Um, I'm not sure if it had any influence but there was a couple of times where the player was able to handball to a running player like a Brad Mm -hmm. Hill for St Kilda who's just notoriously quick off that sort of um, that mark and they kick goals so it potentially might be huge for a player like an Isaac Smith who has um, you know this uncanny play that he could do that he's got a raking long ball and that could set up a Hawkins or a Cameron in the forward line so it might work it might not Let's give it a go.
1: Yeah, I we we talked about uh, on a, on another. I was on somebody else's podcast and got into the discussion about you know does the AFL change rules just to stay relevant so the sports media talks about them during the off season because yes. you know you Quick can't answer you know, is yes yeah, right you don't want to have you know <laughs> well what what do you mean crickets going on we could still got to talk about the AFL because they've got these that's new right, rules right. Now.
0: twelve now. month of a year game. I'm surprised that the AFLW doesn't start in November. You know, you know. I thinking about
1: that though. I I think it's good where it is mm. because you know it's it's a preview for an upcoming season rather than a oh the women's league is going to play now. We already had the grand final. We don't have to pay attention now. Mm. So I I think it's great. To, it's great as you know as something that you know. And I first of all, as we we were discussing, I think the the AFLW has has you know, become a much more viable league over the last couple of years. Now last year, a bit of a hiccup because they added the four clubs and I don't think they had four clubs worth of players to fill those, those lists. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it's, it's great. It's a great thing to get to prime the pump, if you will, to get, you know, us excited about, you know, the AFL men's competition, if you will, um, and it's, you know, getting us watching, you know, the women's comp and then maybe the rounds get extended in a couple of years and they go yeah, past yeah. nine, they get to thirteen or you know, something of that nature. That'd be great. Yeah, you know,
0: see. you're right. I, I think though, um, in the vibration and the, the evolution of it, that it does need to leak into an actual footy season, just because um, you know, footy is traditionally played in winter. Um mm-hmm. and I, I I can see it like I can see it probably remaining the way it is for the next five, six years, but I think um, in the evolution of it, it needs to link up with the actual real, like the actual proper footy season footy calendar that we have um, in Australia, and that's you know the starting um, late March right, and, right. and have a full twenty-two season competition. Um, and then it has it has an underneath competition which has only just started. So the VFLW, mm-hmm. which is a league that um, you know I've previously called for as well too. Um, I think you've actually spoken to um, Peter Holden who who yes, runs the yes. um, the VFLW um, call is just an unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, caller as well. He's, uh, he's a very unique character, but he does a, an amazing job covering uh, women's footy, and he's got such passion. And I think, yeah, they, they have an underneath league. It's just started. So I think, you know, potentially five, six years, it links into the AFL season. Um, it might not be twenty twenty two rounds at the start, but it might. Right, right. Might become, you know, sixteen rounds. Eventually, everyone has to play everyone. It just has to. That's a proper season. At the yeah. moment, I still see it as a bit of a Mickey Mouse sort of comp. Where, um, you, I guess, you do get the, the 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 best sides out of it, but you don't get a a fair uh, go. The girls don't get a fair go. You know, playing every side. Like Geelong has actually never played Melbourne, and they never will. They they're not going to play Melbourne. I'm pretty sure in our fixture. We don't in the next this, three this weeks. This year, no, like, they don't yet. So, yeah. a- and, and it's actually they're our rivals because we've actually, when we came in, we actually pinched half a dozen of their players, and yeah. they've actually got a few players that potentially should have come to Geelong as well. So, um, that's I see them as our main rival, but we've never played them. So we we, we need, Geelong need that um, that linkage, and you know because we're the two oldest clubs in Australia as well, right? Right, right. so we need that we need that form and I don't think they can play, you know, that full season until they move it to link with the AFL season. So, you know, it's still five or six years away, but it's yeah. very exciting and it's good. It gets you excited for footy yeah. when they do come up um, at the end of January.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it, I was very much looking forward to it. And it's uh, it's, I was a little frustrated that my, my code for the watch AFL app had not come in yet. So it came in, like three days before the season started, so I didn't miss any oh, okay. games. But yeah, I, yeah, I've watched, I've watched every, but through the first five rounds, I've watched all, all seven games each week.
0: Oh yeah, wow! It's been, cool.
1: it's been, uh, yeah. yeah. That's what I've been doing. It's been watching. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Max, I, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning, man. I really do. I know you ran out of coffee about a half an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> so you may need to go get yourself another cup there um but thanks for taking time out of your day i appreciate you coming on okay and uh i think we can both say this go cats
0: go cats yes, hashtag exactly. cat flag 21
1: there you go there you go ladies and gentlemen max max Blake's been my guest here this episode again max thanks so very much um uh, great talking cats footy and uh, i I am very cautiously optimistic, but I I think things are gonna, things are gonna be good this year. Although there'll be a couple, probably a couple weeks where we go, oh no, the wheels have fallen off. Um,
0: Yeah, that always happens. But if you can't be excited this time of year and optimistic about your club, then I don't know why you you couldn't be. Why you're a supporter? You've got to be up and about. Even clubs that are, you know, that are from the bottom part of the ladder, Mm -hmm. Um, you gotta, you gotta generally have that little hope, don't you? Yeah, you gotta have that hope. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan and the NFL. And I still have that hope. I went into the season with that little hope. Um, you just got to just gotta believe in your club and oh. the way that they're going to build it. Um, hopefully it all ends well. And only one side can win it. Hopefully it's the Cats.
1: There you go. There you go. Have a great weekend. Thanks so no much. Uh-huh. Take it easy. Bye-bye. See ya. Don't forget that if you'd like to sign up for the mailing list, there is a short form in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to check out the storefront, Or the Buy Me a Coffee page, if you're so inclined. Those are linked there as well. And if you happen to buy any uh, stickers or shirts or anything like that from the storefront, please send me a photo of where you've got it displayed, because I'd love to share that on my social media. Also, if you've got an idea for a show topic, or if you know someone that you think would be a great guest on the show, please feel free to drop me a DM or shoot me an email. You can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Remember that you can find all the old episodes of this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Every episode is also available on my YouTube channel. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. Now that you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review on Alpha, on Apple podcasts, it lets me know what I'm doing well, what I need to work on and what the podcast host could do to possibly bump me up in their algorithm and get me in front of more people. Don't forget that you can reach me at a yank at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. You can also find me on podcast on my podcast on YouTube by searching for my name, Craig Wessels. And if you haven't done so yet, check out that mailing list. I've covered that enough. I'm not going to dig into that anymore for you, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for listening because while we're fans of the clubs that we love, we're fans of a game that we all love and that's footy. And for those of you here in the States, the games are going to be starting very soon in the the men's comp. The AFLW has been going on for quite some time now. And if you're not watching, you owe it to yourself to check out that game because there is some fantastic action going on. There's some clubs that are playing some wonderful footy, and there's some clubs that are struggling right now, but have some really talented players that are growing into the game. And I think in the long run, it's gonna it's gonna work out very well for them. Okay? like I said, ladies and gentlemen, if you're here in the United States or you're in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it is the reason that they invented the DVR. And again, thank you so very much for listening. I ask that you share a link to this episode or your favorite episode with your friends and family. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode number 78 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore ron or at a yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Please consider sharing the, the podcast link with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.